for all, for all things ATL. ATL for everything Falcons. First to the end zone, touchdown! This is Peachtree Football. Now, your host, Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, and we are Peachtree Football. Make sure you like this podcast, download the podcast, and make sure you get this podcast wherever you get your podcast. That is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast, we are there. So don't miss a single episode. Bo Morgan, it's a Friday. And it's a really good Friday because the Baltimore Ravens did some nice work for us yesterday as they took down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by a final score of 27 to 22. And now Buccaneers three and five. We are in sole possession of first place right now at three and four. And we can be a full game ahead in first place if we take down the Carolina Panthers this Sunday. So that makes the Sunday was already a big game. But now it makes Sunday an even bigger game because now you have to capitalize on an opportunity you've been given. Yeah, it um it, it's going bad in Tampa Bay right now and I'm real bad. I wish I wish I could say I was sorry <laughs> to see it, but I'm not. Um not at all. You know, they they look all they look all kind of sorts out of whack. I mean, I don't even mm-hmm. have the words, apparently. It's just not a good look right now. Um, we all know what's going on in Brady's personal life. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much of this is, you know, was is this something that a veteran coach like Bruce Arians could have could have stopped? And is, is Todd Bowles to blame for some of this? I, I think it's a good question. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't want to throw blame at him. I think he is one of the best defensive coordinate, defensive coaches. Obviously, uh, you know, he's the head coach in the league. But you know, where does he play some blame in this? I didn't really right. think that that Baltz. I know Lamar Jackson looked horrid in the first half. He he, he looked <laughs> bad. He the quarterback playing this game really wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. I know that in the end of the day. Lamar ended up, you know, throwing for a little under 250 and, you know, he, he ran for another close to 50 yards, but, um, I didn't think he played very well. I, I feel like both these guys at times were, uh, extremely inaccurate in the passing game. Um, you know, and Brady, he might've got over 300 yards again and Julio Jones might've found a way to get in the end zone, but in the end, you know, they <laughs> lost the game. Um, yep. so it, it it was a little bit of an odd game because Baltimore was down at the half, ten to three, and then they they put a fourteen spot in the third quarter, and mm-hmm. I think at one point they were up twenty seven to ten, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, it, it was just a kind of an odd, clunky game, which is what we've kind of seen all year on Thursday nights and Monday nights to an extent as well. Yep. So, yeah, a little bit of an odd game, but. You know, Tampa's problems are Tampa's problems. They should have lost. They've lost five of six. It should be, uh, or, uh, it should be six straight, honestly. Yep. Because I feel like they stole the game from us. So I don't mm-hmm. really hate it. I, you know, I've said this and I'm not, I'm not trying to be hot takey. It sounds hot takey. And I understand if people want to point their finger at me and say, you're just being hot takey. 
But I wonder, I really do wonder about Brady's passion and how much longer Tom Brady is going to play this season. Because obviously you're only three and five. You're not out of anything. You're not out of the wild card. You're not out of the division yet. You know, it's a right. long season. And this team could go on an eight-game winning streak or or nine-game winning streak, and they could end up, you know, 12 and in, 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 uh, in five or something like that. So yeah. there's nothing out of the possibility of what this team could do. But it, you know, what could happen in this season overall? But it just, it just doesn't look good right now. And Mm-mm. you know, Tom Brady is showing things that we've never seen. He, he's never been three and five. He, he hasn't had this few of touchdown passes this far in the season, uh, eight games into the season since 2013. I think he has like eight or nine. Um, so there's a lot of the you know, Shaq Barrett goes down last night with an Achilles injury. There's a Very lot good. of things that are happening. Um, that are, that are, you know, that are that are bad signs for this team. But that's they're not done yet, and we've right. got to remember that. Um, and they're not. Well, I know Mike Evans said last night, "Hey, we're not pointing fingers at Tom Brady," and I don't think Tom is all to blame. No, but when he, but he's also been a guy that's been so hands on, such a leader for teams that you look to him when things don't go right. Um, right. So there's no doubt in my mind that there is an, that there is something going on with him, whether it's physically, mentally, all of the above, emotionally, whatever. You know, I remember I saw a report uh, earlier this morning about he just sat in his locker with his hands in his and head in his hands, and and um, guys were like Blaine Gabbert was trying to console him or give him words of wisdom. I mean, what the hell in the world is we wow. doing? When, Blaine Gabbert's consoling Tom Brady. Oh, hey. Giving him a pep talk. I mean, <laughs> this is like some kind of crap from the Twilight Zone. But but that's where we're at, or that's where they're at. And that's a them problem. And, and I yeah. hate it, but, you know, I no, don't, I don't, really I don't hate it. it. Yeah, I was about to say, we don't hate it. <laughs> it's fine. But, no, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this seems like rock bottom. I mean, it could get worse, but. This seems like rock bottom, especially if Shaquille Barrett is going to miss an extended amount of time because at least for the first half, that Buccaneers defense was the only thing that was looking good. But in the, in the, in the second half, I mean, the Baltimore Ravens just woke up and decided that they, they were going to run the football because in the first half, they could not run the ball a lick. And they really weren't. They were choosing not to run the ball almost, it seemed like. But second half, they turned it on. They finished the game with 231 rushing yards and Lamar Jackson even though he he didn't look good the, this this where the stats kind of lie a little bit he did finish with uh like you said 238 yards just tick under 250 and uh, two passing touchdowns so there you go Baltimore Ravens uh improved uh, to five and three Tampa Bay uh goes to three and five and like you said Brady threw for 325 yards and a touchdown but it didn't, it didn't look good and as a team the Tampa Bay Buccaneers only rushed for 44 yards. I mean, that that screams one-dimensional in Tampa Bay, and they haven't been able to run the football all year. So, you know, watching this game, Dylan, mm-hmm. I looked at a guy who's going to be retired next year and a guy who who, who is going to be a free agent, and I'm not sure who the hell is going to pay him the reported money he wanted because it every, everything looked bad. I know yeah. that he made some plays, and – in the second half and all of that, but it's just, it looked 
it was bad offense the first half for sure. I it was, was. You know, Huge. Just, so it was just a you know just weird and just a lot of uncertainties to me uh, for both teams in the future um, on that field last night. Yeah, I mean Tom Brady, uh, he he looks like he's spiraling. I mean that that's just it. That's just what it is. He looks like he is spiraling now. Lamar Jackson, you know. He he had a very bad first half. That that is not debatable. Um, you know they did again bounce back in the second half. Um, he he was missing Mark Andrews, one of his favorite targets, and you know he 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 kind of clinged on to Isaiah Likely, a rookie tight end who was you know supposed to be. I heard them saying this on the broadcast, supposed to be the baby Mark Andrews. Um, so you know he clinged to him a little bit, but but still, um, it, it was a little bit of a struggle for. Lamar Jackson. So if that continues, you know, the, the question does become, okay, how much is this guy really worth? But uh, as of right now, somebody will still pay Buku some money for Lamar Jackson, but we'll see if that uh, narrative changes as the season goes along. But we do have our own game to get into. Like you said, that's a, that's a Tampa Bay Buccaneers problem. We don't care nothing about none of that. Y'all figure that out. We ain't, we ain't figuring that out for you. So we have a, again, big opportunity uh, the Atlanta Falcons do to take really a good hold of this division, get it by a game. If we win this game, we'll go up one game, a uh, full game in the NFC South that we can beat the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. How do we do that? We'll talk about that in our keys to the game. But first, we're going to talk about matchups to watch. What are the matchups to look out for on Sunday? Who should be who you who should you be keeping an extra eye on? On Sunday, what matchup should you be watching? Have a magnifying glass, too. Bo Morgan, the floor floor is yours. What matchups are you watching on Sunday? Well, the first thing that popped in my mind was, uh, you know, a couple of guys that they have up front on defense. Um, look, we, we, we want to run the ball, and this yep. is a defense that is not very good at stopping the run. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that being said, teams are – Teams are not are not respecting us in the passing game, and they're going to come up and stack boxes. Um, we saw a lot of that last week, you know, and and that's great. This team obviously rushes for more yards when they win, and, and but you're still running for an average of 157 yards a game, which is fourth in the NFL. So when you've lost four games and you've won three and have seven, clearly you're still running the ball at a good clip to have that kind of number, even when you lose. Right, but Derek Brown is a guy who who he scares me because he can play. He's in his yeah. third year. He's a big dude. I mean, six five three twenty. I mean, he's he's a big big tackle and a defensive tackle in this league. And he's played. He's he's not played bad against us. Guy's got a um, a couple uh, two or three quarterback hits when in his time against Atlanta. Now, obviously, Matt Ryan mm-hmm. was a quarterback. Uh, some tackles for loss. But he's a guy that can eat a double team when needed. So him versus Dahlman, Wilkinson, and Lindstrom, depending on how they want to line him up, is a big deal. The other guy on their defensive line that stands out immediately to me is is Brian Burns. Yep. You know, this this is the guy with 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 over thirty sacks in the league and, and a four year career. So he's getting after the quarterback at a decent clip this year. He's already got five sacks mm-hmm. uh, in what seven games. So. Him against, and I, I would imagine he'll go against McGarry a good bit of the time. Right. There are going to be times where he goes against, you know, uh, Jake. And Jake has got to be, we got to have good Jake. 
Jake has been so-so in the passing game as far mm-hmm. as protection. I've been on record many times, and I don't I don't really dig into the into this into the pass protection this team provides at times. I think that's why there's some passing situations are limited, and you see people think that maybe Marcus is holding on to the ball too long, but that part of that is is that the the route trees are they putting out you know two or three two or three guys in a route you know there's limited especially right. you get a max protect and then they can drop six guys so that makes it a little bit tougher I think that's why Lamade Zacchaeus um so far in his career excuse me this season has has 19 catches I mean it's him and Drake really they lead the team uh this season uh you know they're one and two easily and then and then you do have Kyle in second place there even mm. though he's not targeted uh apparently but um <laughs> but yeah so the up front that's a big it's a big deal for me with those guys honestly yep i agree it, the game always comes down to the trenches i mean if you win the trenches more times than not you're going to win the game however i do want to see and this is going to be my matchup to watch I do want to see how this secondary bounces back. And, you know, the secondary isn't really getting too, too much help healthier. Hopefully, uh, D. Alford is going to be able to come back. Um, hopefully, A.J. Terrell will be able to come back. We're not sure about him yet. Jalen Hawkins is officially out with the concussion. A.J. Terrell right now on the injury report is questionable. D. Alford questionable as well. So, we'll see if those guys play. And today is kind of decision day, as uh, we like to call it here on P Street Football. Uh, as far as guys going to play, because if, a lot of times you practice on Friday, that means you you have a very good chance of playing. But if you don't practice on Friday, more times than not, we can expect to not see you um, during the game on Sunday. So we will keep an eye on that as well. But either way it goes, whoever's out there in the secondary, whoever draws the assignment of DJ Moore, they're going to have to step up and be able to lock him down. Joe Burrow's a very good quarterback. He had a he had a very, very good trio of weapons in Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. That was a mismatch. However, you know, really besides DJ Moore, I mean, you, you don't really get too scared of these Carolina Panthers receivers. I mean, they're in the NFL. They're good. They're talented. I don't want to, you know, poo-poo on them. But they're should they're 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 favorable matchups, you know, maybe besides. DJ Moore. I mean, he's the one that, you know, maybe will keep you up at night a little bit. So how does this secondary bounce back? Because PJ Walker, I'll respect him and what he did last week and helping beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because he helped us out in a way a little bit. But PJ Walker and Joe Burrow and DJ Moore and Jamar Chase or T Higgins or Tyler Boyd. So with that, how does, you know, either D Alford, AJ Terrell, depending on, you know, the health of those guys, if they do play, maybe even the Darren Hall, how do they step up in the secondary, lock down DJ Moore, and don't let this Carolina Panthers receiving core have the day that the receiving core of the Cincinnati Bengals had last week? Don't let Cincinnati basically beat you twice. So backfield, they're going to have to step up. The secondary is going to have to step up and uh, help out this pass rush a little bit, and hopefully they can scratch each other's back a little bit. The pass rush can get to the quarterback a little bit quicker and the secondary can hold on a little bit longer against uh, DJ Moore and the rest of this Carolina Panthers wide receiving court. So I'm taking a look at the secondary extra hard this week and see if they can have a bounce back performance. Yeah, one thing with P.J. Walker, if you look at, you know, his numbers last week, he was pretty efficient. I mean, he was 16 of 22. He completed 73% of his passes. That being said, this guy in his career, 
is not is not completing sixty percent. I mean, he's right at yeah. it, but he hasn't. Yeah. Um, now, again, limited amount of uh, playing time in his career. I mean, he's only mm-hmm. he hasn't thrown for two hundred passes in his NFL career. But look, this is a guy that can keep plays open. He's not. I'm not. He's not Cam Newton or Michael Vick or I don't even think he's Marcus. But he can keep plays alive. <laughs> Um, right. You know, and he, and we got to remember, he's only in his third year, yeah. uh, but, but he can keep plays alive. So when you're getting after him, they, they're going to want to run the ball. They ran the ball very well last week. Yep. Um, you know, it was, it was kind of, that was a documented thing. Deontay Foreman had a great game last week. I mean, the guy ran for over a hundred yards. Yep. Um, but with PJ maintain your your past rush discipline maintain your pass rush lanes when you lose your discipline that's how guys like pj walker are going to be able to get outside and make some big plays with their legs right so it's very important um that if your back end is doing well that you maintain your and what you talked about you maintain your pass rush uh lanes because then you can kind of hopefully bottle up and contain PJ Walker and keep it a minimum in and, and that way you can't get out and maybe create a play with his legs or a leg play with his legs and arms because at times if you if he can get away now maybe guys come back to him guys are able to get open and he can and, and he will be able to throw on the run he's he, you know it's something that he he can do so it's very important that you you know that the the defense remembers that stays with that because you know that's something that you want you really want PJ Walker to have to beat you with his arm. Uh, you don't want to allow him to drop back and, and this team to, to roll through um, with the, the running game, and then PJ's not having to do as much. You want PJ. See, that's the thing. We go back to last week. He only threw 22 times. He was 16 of 22. I need PJ Walker throwing 35 times. That is a uh, a recipe for victory for me. Is um. If if they can win, if they can make him throw that many times, that is a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah, I agree, Bo. I think if you can make P.J. Walker beat you, because like you said, obviously from what they've shown last week, they want to run the football to be effective. You know, kind of kind of like the same game plan as the as the Atlanta Falcons. You know, you want to keep, you know, the attempts for P.J. Walker around 20, you know, some, somewhere around that number. Um, and. You want to run the ball heavy like they did last week with uh, Deontay Foreman. But if you can make P.J. Walker beat you, if you can make him try to make 30-plus throws like you were saying, I think that's a good number for the Atlanta Falcons because I think that gives you more and more opportunity to allow P.J. Walker to make make a mistake and allow you to get a takeaway, whether it's an interception, fumble, what have you. So that's a really good good call right there by you. So with that, let's get into keys to the game, and I'll start with this. The Atlanta Falcons have to have to keep being a good run defense, because like you said, if we get P.J. Walker throwing the ball a lot, we can make them one dimensional. I think that bodes well for the Atlanta Falcons. How do you do that? You have to give them a reason to go away from the run. If they if you if you let them get chunk yardage four or five yards uh, uh, yards per carry, then they're going to keep running the ball. They're going to stick with it. And then, uh, two, I mean, you obviously have to score and put them down some points to make them go away from the running game, too. But the point is, make them one-dimensional. So you have to be able to stop the run. So Rashawn Evans, 
Michael Walker. You got Troy Anderson, who's been getting a lot of snaps lately at the linebacker spot. Those guys are going to have to be big. Make sure you fill in those gaps defensive line as well. So that front seven is going to be huge for the Atlanta Falcons this week. Got to make sure they can stop that running game, make the Panthers one-dimensional, and make P.J. Walker try to air things out. Yeah, one of my keys, uh, Dylan, really is I've been looking at the the, the red zone, and, and I, I know that this was something you guys are probably tired of hearing me talk about, the red area. But I was looking back at the red area, the red zone numbers for, for these teams, and Carolina is one of the worst red zone offenses in the league. They're 30th of yeah. 32. The Falcons' red zone defense isn't much better. They're, they're giving up um, 16 touchdowns in there, so 59% of the time. Mm-hmm. They're 21st in the league. But right. when you – so you look at that, and maybe that's a matchup you should win because you're technically better than them. But then I went over to our offense in the red zone and their defense. The Falcons' red zone offense is much improved this year. Six, they're fourth in the league in red zone offense. 68% of the time, you're putting six points on the – Six to seven points, obviously, you got to make the extra point, but <laughs> you're scoring touchdowns yeah. is the best way to put it. Their defense is not bad in the red zone. They're 10th in the league in red zone defense. So 52% of the time, they're allowing touchdowns, which isn't okay. bad at all. Yeah. No. But, but again, you're better in the red zone on both sides of the ball than they are. That is a key. Continue to score touchdowns because – if you can score touchdowns and then turn around and maybe hold them a couple of times, which they've done, this team has been done a good job defensively of doing it at times. You can do that. Now you put pressure on them, right? You That's how you got to leave. Now you put pressure, and maybe it makes them go away, and it gets to what we talked about with the P.J. Walker stuff, where you want him to throw the ball more. I think that could be a big key to the game for them and – that is something that could be the difference in this game. It's a big situation. Win in the red area. That makes – it really makes you tougher to beat. It puts pressure because the Falcons, uh, top to bottom, are the better team. I know it's hard for us to think, but 1 through 48 of the active players, 53, whatever you want to say, you're better. Yeah. I do think they have – there's a couple of positions. I think their defensive line, uh, top to bottom, is probably a little bit better with, you know, the way Brian Burns. But we got young guys, you know, yep. and, and they're healthier in their secondary than we are. Although J.C. Horn didn't miss practice early this week. He's been back. Um, but he does have a rib injury. That could be something that could come up when mm-hmm. you start battering ramming these guys. But, anyways, the red area to me is a big key. Don't settle for field goals. Score touchdowns, and if you can turn around and hold them once or twice in these in the red zone, now you've now you've built a gap. You put pressure on them, but again, score touchdowns. Keep them from it. It's simple. It's 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 as simple as you can get. Simple as you can get, right there. You score touchdowns. You don't let them score touchdowns. That's the that's the main way to win the game, right there. So most definitely a key to the game for me. Another key is. We saw a little bit of this last week. Well, we saw really one play of it last week. But I hope we can maybe see more of it if the opportunity presents itself. And that is completing more deep balls. We saw, um, we heard Arthur Smith talk about it in, in training camp and in the preseason. You know, he, he always talked about he wanted to complete more deep balls. You know, he wants that to be a part of the game. Now, we have became 
dominant in the running game. And, you know, I don't think we should shy away from that. We should stay a smash mouth football team. We should stay a possession football team that works for us. And we should continue to do that. I'm not saying that we should become some air raid offense. I'm not saying that at all. However, what I am saying is I do want to see a couple of more deep shots. You know, even if even if you don't necessarily complete them, and obviously we want to complete them, that's the goal. But I would like to see those shots taken a little more often, just a little more sprinkle of deep shots here throughout the game. And obviously the pass protection has to be right. And, you know, we've we've talked about that before as early as um, as latest as uh, last episode. But I do want to see more deep shots taken. Help kind of stretch that defense out a little bit. Keep that secondary on its toes. Keep those linebackers on their toes a little bit more. So I do want to see a few more deep shots taken. I think that'll be a big key because you do that. They We already know they're playing the run. But if you can, you know, maybe do a couple of play action fakes, maybe some naked bootlegs and turn those into some deep shots. And especially if you complete some of those, then I think you really put that defense in a tizzy and you really start to keep that defense on their toes. And that'll make your running game that much more effective. So while you are running the ball well, you know, open it up in the passing game. So Because if you really get that run game going, that's going to open things up in the play action game and in the passing game in general. And with that, reward yourself by taking a few deep shots and see if you can't complete a few. And we can maybe see some more 75-yard-plus uh, touchdown passes to, to Demir Bird or guys like that like we did last week. So for me, a second key is taking more deep shots, stretching out that Carolina Panthers defense. Yeah, and I think, honestly, I, I actually like that. I think you can do it right off the bat. I don't even think yeah. you just, I think I think you're so established now as a running team. Uh, you're right. That you, you're right. That you could come out in a – Two tight ends set to start the game and, you know, run a two-man route, do a little play action. Well, what would appear to be a two-man route. And then I would maybe leak Kyle Pitts out in a wheel route or something and get him get him singled up on a safety or maybe a, a linebacker that has the, the flow over there. And because, you you know, you can – because they're going to – you know, well, and honestly, it depends on how they look. But I imagine that Carolina might come out in a more of a – a traditional defense, maybe stack the box, you know, leak that safety down into the box, and then you got single high, and it creates a situation a lot like you had last week that you were able to uh, capitalize and score on, where you got the single high safety look, right? And Marcus was able to freeze him, and then your guy, you know, was able to uh, beat his guy with where Bird beat Eli, and then boom, the safety was by position. That, that that you took it to the house. I think that mm-hmm. could be something that you could start. Yeah, most definitely. So you know, like I said, it you don't. It doesn't always necessarily have to be completed. It's just to let the defense know that you're willing to take those shots, and that it, that is something they have to account for. So of course, while you want them to be completed, you want them to go for touchdowns like they like it did last week. You know, I just think taking at least taking the shot you know, does do some dividends, even if you don't necessarily complete it. And then, hey, two, you might you might draw a pass, a pass interference penalty. And, you know, and you you move down the field that way if you take deep shots. So there are benefits to at least taking those chances um, uh, when you're when you're going for the deep ball. So I think that would be a good uh, key to the game. We'll close that right there and we'll get to Dylan's decided factor. What do I think is going to be the decided factor of this football game well i'll tell you right now squid billy and i'll tell you right now america the deciding factor for this football game 
is going to be time of possession. Both of these football teams like to run the ball. Both of these football teams like to control possession. They like to keep the clock moving. Which team is going to get more turns basically on offense? Which team is going to control the ball better? Which team is going to run the ball better? Which team is going to control time of possession? I think it's going to be a situation where you can look at, you can look at the clock, and, and even if you don't get a chance to watch this football game, if you look at who who had uh, the ball more when you go to the time possession stat, whoever had the ball more, I think is the winner of this football game because neither of these teams have explosive offenses where you you can you know you're expected to hit a deep shot and and, and only have like a, a twenty second or a thirty second or a one minute drive or things like that. No, these are methodical, patient offenses that are going to pick you apart, gonna gonna run you to death, gonna hit you in the mouth and uh, control the ball. So I think time of possession is a big deal. I think if the, like I said, the Atlanta Falcons can stop the run and make this, you know, team throw the ball a lot with uh, P.J. Walker, I think that bodes well for the offense, and uh, the Atlanta Falcons offense, that is. So controlling the clock, controlling possession. Both of these teams want to do that. Somebody's going to have to give, though. These are two very, very similar teams in the way that they play football and their play style. So something's going to have to give. One's going to be better than the other. And hopefully that's the Atlanta Falcons we're talking about. So Dylan's deciding factor, who can control the ball, who can control the clock, time of possession. So with that, Bo, let's go ahead and get into our score predictions. The Atlanta Falcons will be in Mercedes-Benz Stadium Sunday, 1 o'clock, taking on the Carolina Panthers for a full game of control in the NFC South. What do you think the final score is on Sunday, Bo? Well, based on what both these teams score and what they allow to score, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm going to go kind of leaning on tendencies. I think the Falcons put up uh, 27, and I think the Panthers oh, like um, end up with 17. I think the Falcons cover, which will they've only not – they've only um, – they're what? They're – We've played seven games or six and one against the spread this year. They've been underdogs entire year. This is yep. the first time all season they're a favorite. They're a four-point favorite, which means Vegas thinks they'll win the game, uh, that, it, that it's a closer game, really. It's, yeah. They think it's going to be like a one- or two-point game. That right. being said, I don't think it is. I think the Panthers' fairy dust from last week wears off a little bit. I think they come back to reality. They're going to – you know, P.J. Walker is going to be the P.J. Walker we've seen the first couple of years. Not last week. I think the Falcons win 27-17, and they are 4-4 four and four going into week nine, going into November. Yes. In first place. There it is. By, a full, a, by, come on. by a full game two. By a full game two, Squid. We, we love to see it. We Hopefully we uh, we get to see that on Sunday and get to see that come to fruition. I like I like the 27 number. For for the Atlanta Falcons, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. I'm gonna say 27. I'm gonna give the Carolina Panthers just a little, just a little a few more points, and I'm gonna say 27 to 20. So I'm gonna steal your thunder just a little bit, but alter just a little bit as well. So 27 to 20, I think it's gonna be the final score. I think the Falcons, you know, have a good handle on on this game pretty much the entire game. It's obviously not gonna be a blowout, but I think. We're gonna feel good about the about about the the Falcons' chances. Really, 
all throughout the game. You know, there might be moments here and there, but I feel like we, uh, the Falcons will pretty much have control of this football game all the way through, and the final score will be 27 to 20. And like you said, 4 and 4, heading into November, first place in the NFC South by a full game. You get your first division win of the year because you haven't won in the division yet. So you get your first division win of the year, and you're feeling good heading into next month in the next really quarter of the season. So there it is. That's what we think. That's what we think the final score is. Go ahead and bet it. Go ahead and book it. Put some money on it. We're fit. Actually, no, because I, we don't need y'all coming back saying we owe y'all money because that's not how it works. But anywho, that will be this edition of Peace Street Football. Again, make sure you guys like this podcast, follow the podcast, download the podcast wherever you get your podcast. That is Apple Podcasts. That is Spotify. That's the Odyssey app. Wherever you get your podcast, Peace Street Football is there. Bo, I want to end with this real quick because, you know, you don't get too many of these. We, we, we've been talking about this before. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about days off. Bo Morgan has a day off today from uh, from Dukes and Bell. He doesn't have to do any traveling quite yet today. Well, he doesn't have to do any traveling at all this week because the Falcons are at home. So, Bo, I want to know, and I'm sure, and I know the people want to know, how you're going to spend your day off real quick. Let's let's end with something a little fun here on Peachtree Football. How is the rest of your day gonna 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 be? Well, that's kind of a personal question, don't you think? Uh yeah, it is. But we're getting personal here. We're buddies. We're pals. Well, let's well, let's dive up. deep into the life of Bo Morgan. Come on. I mean, I woke up like normal. I've already been to the gym. I've already okay. gotten, uh, you know, ate, I've already eaten a small breakfast. I mean, like I've got, uh, I got some plans. I'm, I've got a charity event that I'm, uh, Ooh. going to, uh, later don't call this him a hero. Huh? I said, don't call him a hero. Man's going to a charity event on his day off. Look at that. Well, it's a golf tournament. So just relax. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I'm, you know, going to clean up a river or anything. I'm not doing anything overly for now, but I'm going to a charity golf tournament, uh, for a cancer event. So, um, yeah, that's how I'll spend my day. Uh, look, I'm, I, it's, it, it's rare. I get these days. You're right. Especially during football season. Right. But it is an event. So it's not your normal day off. I am, um, doing stuff. So that, that, that's good for others. So, um, trying to help contribute and give back. So that's what I've got. So just, um, you know, pray for my golf game. <laughs> Bo Morgan being a contributing member to society, a good, a good man in society while also working on his golf game today. Are you are you any good at golf? Like what what are you what are you gonna shoot? Like, you know, are you gonna be close to par or you know how how we feel? No. It's uh <laughs> look, it's a it's a it's a scramble, full scramble. So you use everybody's you use the best shot out of the four and you keep doing that all the way until you get to the green and you do eighteen holes like that. So no, we are, I'm not a great golfer. I I, I am improving my golf game um but it's still a lot of long ways to go and i'm just trying to um you know do everything i can to improve it and, and hit them straight and lose as few of the balls as i can there you go hopefully there's no there's no water and hopefully if there is you know you don't put any in the water but uh, we will let you enjoy your day off bull morgan have a great day and uh we as far as us we'll talk to you guys sunday after the game for our full reactions We'll break down the game, break down what happened. Hopefully, we're talking about a huge Atlanta Falcons win, them being back to 504 and being a full game ahead of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for first place in the NFC South. But until that point, we will talk to you guys soon. Again, like this podcast, download the podcast, follow the podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Again, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. P3 Football is there, so make sure you download every single episode. For Bull Morgan, I am Dylan Matthews. We'll talk to you guys next time. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Peace.